All right, draft 412. We are doing some penguin talk tonight. I am JT, and we got the man, the myth, the legend, Joe 412, the man behind the whole I am here. The, the man behind this whole great idea of the draft 412 and draft nation. Joe, everybody, whenever the, the Steelers started playing a little bit of horrible, they're like, oh, we got at least we got the penguins. You know, you got the penguins of season. Now, after 25 games, the penguins are 11, 11, and 3. They're tied for sixth place. Overall, how is this? Should we be disappointed? Are you disappointed? Is 25 games enough to expect the veterans to Joe? Uh, no, I'm not disappointed. I think this is where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. I think if you go back and listen to our podcast from preseason, before preseason, after they made the trade for Carlson, we all talked about how it was going to be a victory if they made it back to the playoffs this year. And right now they're sitting in a position where they, you know, have a chance to get there. They're not there yet, you know, and uh, you know, you still got two thirds of the season to go in front of you. It doesn't surprise me uh, that they are where they are and they've been streaky. You know, I remember having Dr. Steve Mancini from RMU. I remember talking to Emmett about these things that they all said the same thing. It was, they're going to be streaky. They're going to be streaky. You're going to go through a five game win streak and then they're going to go through a four game losing streak. Uh, and there are games that they'll be inexplicably good and, you know, beat a team that they shouldn't beat, like the Colorado Avalanche. And then, you know, the next week they'll be losing back-to-back overtime games to the Philadelphia Flyers, Flyers right? So, like, you, you have you, – you've got a team that is still trying to struggle to find its identity. And I think at the heart of it, it's really hard to fix old, right? And it's it, the, the, the weird thing about it is the older players, the veteran players – uh, the talented veteran players, that is, uh, the Crosby's, the Malkas, the Latangs, the Carlson's—they—they're not playing bad. No, you know not. what I mean? Crosby, yeah. I, you know, there's there's been several articles, you know, in the last few weeks about how he's a hard Trophy candidate guy. You know how he's keeping the team together and and you know could be, you know, based on his play. You know, and that's the one guy that really hasn't fallen off. Um, but I think that the 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 rest of the team uh, is exactly what we expect them to be, which is streaky. And around 500. And by the way, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Eaton Park. Eaton Park uh, was a great sponsor of ours um, during the uh, draft party. A lot of, lot of smiley face cookies, that's for sure. That was an excellent job by Eaton Park. And if Dave Finoli was here, he would tell us what his favorite soup is or what his favorite uh, pie is. But I'm going to go. Oh, with- I, he might be talking about like the Christmas tree you know, <laughs> commercial they run every year. Or Dave's, he's got a penchant for nostalgia so he i think does. you get that the christmas tree smiley cookie meets the christmas tree bending oh. over to pick up the star that's what dave would be talking about so we'll fill that void for our brother I'm, right i'm sure i'm sure he still has tears come out of his eye when that commercial <laughs> comes on so, so, so joe what is the biggest problem i mean is, is it the power play i mean let's, let's talk about that not even 10 percent right now they're 30th in the league which i couldn't even believe there's two teams worse than us and one of them is washington which is crazy considering they go to ovechkin but we're 30th in power play. Uh, we only have seven power play goals all year. The, the leading team has 28 power play goals. That just goes to tell you how far behind we are uh, with our power play. This, this, I mean, it's let, about a, um, a third of the season just about through, and we're, you know, seven power play goals. It's, what do you see as a problem, and what do you think can be done? Is it a coaching thing? Is it Reardon? Is it something that maybe we got to try something? wipe it out what's your opinion yeah on it? yeah so i'll take the first part first and i'll come back to the reardon part second um the first part is 
if I told you that you had a power play that has Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Eric Carlson, Chris Letang, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, you would think, all right, these guys are at worst a top 10. Like Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And the fact that they're not clicking is embarrassing, and it's costing them wins. There are wins Mm -hmm. that they – there are at least four or five games that they've lost by one goal, and a a power play goal could have made a difference of a point or even two points. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really stinging this team. So they've got to solve that riddle. And if you go back and listen to some of our Penguin podcasts over the last month and a half – You'll see I've offered some suggestions, and I'm, I'm not Todd Reardon. I'm not you know Mike Sullivan, but there are some obvious flaws here, right? I mean, first of all, it's the same motion. You know, any team is going to understand that where Sidney Crosby is going to be every single time, and they're going to understand what Evgeny Malkin is going to do from the point, and they're going to understand. And, and, you know, you mixed in Carlson and hoping that he, um, you know, was going to add some of that that to the power play and, and quarterback it because it was so lacking last year. And it just hasn't happened. And now in the last week, we've even seen Latang and Carlson on the power play together. Um, and, you know, just some of that mix and match as, as they're doing it. And it really comes down to the fact that I think they have to go back to square run, get, 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 get on the drawing board uh, and redraw something and move some things around, find some, something that can gel around this. Now, you know, if it were me, it might be moving Malkin away from the point and putting him along the boards, playing those two guys up top. It might mean playing a player like a Drew O'Connor on the first power plate so he can cause, you know, uh, you know, some sort of confusion in front of the net. Nothing against Jake Gensel, nothing against what they these guys have been doing. But, you know, I, I think that if I had one word to describe it, it's predictability. You know, the league has seen this same power play say for Carlson for the last 10 years, you know, and they're smart to it and you've got to innovate and you got to get better and you got to change your game to beat their game. Uh, and I just think that that's, this where you I think that's part Pat- of it. This is where you can see like a Patrick Hornquist, how we used to have Hornquist just making things happen in front of the net. And, and well, we just don't have that anymore, right? Yeah, the team, I mean, the team is lacking that kind of player. And that's the kind of player that you can get at a cost at a trade deadline or a team that's just, you know, packing it in early. And I know that, you know, Dubas has been very aggressive. His predecessor and Jim Rutherford is very aggressive. They're, they don't want to wait for trade deadlines to get guys. And that might be something that helps them save some of these points that they're leaving on the ice week in and week out because this part of their special teams is worse. And I think this is the one place that we all thought we could count on this year with the addition of Eric Carlson and, you know, being able to play Latang down on the, on a second unit and having some, you know, some other guys that could step up and, and play in that. And instead it's, it's, it's really been the Achilles heel for the team. Besides the power play, the one thing I noticed, and you can see them on a nightly basis is the same guys are scoring for us. I mean, like you just mentioned the order, the older talented guys, Malkin, the Crosby's, Gensel leads the team in scoring. Another one of our established players, but the lack of the secondary scoring is getting—it's pretty bad. I mean, I mean, when Jeff Carter scored, it was like, it was like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't. It was like it was like a, a holiday, and then the bet—the best part about it was Tristan Jari tied him in goals <laughs> and a minute later. So, who who out of all the secondary scorers right now? And I know what's his name, sir. Um. Uh, like my head, my head. Who's the Who's the veteran? That just got he's out right now. He's he hasn't he didn't score in his rackle. Play. Yeah, rackle. Uh, I know rackle's out. Yeah. So we all know he didn't score. Um, I think he was playing well though before he got hurt. He's getting a lot of shots on that kind of thing. But who is the one 
one or two guys right now that you're like, come on, like they're not they're not pulling their weight at all. I mean, you're you expected a little bit more from them with the scoring. Well, you, you would have hoped that Smith would have replaced a little bit of that with Zucker. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they did not sign Zucker. They went out and made a, a move to get Riley Smith in here. Um, you know, at this point, we all understood last year that Jeff Carter was going to be a problem. That contract was a, you know, was an albatross around their neck and there wasn't anything they could really do about it. And Dubas went out and got a bunch of guys with veteran experience that with speed that could help on special teams uh, to do some things. But these guys, and I, it's hard to point at just one because I could point at four or five. I mean, that third and fourth line from Carl, you know, Lars Eller all the way down to, you know, uh, you know, the Riley Smiths of the world, they just, they haven't, they haven't done it, you know, and, and they need them to step up and they're missing that spark plug that, that Evan Rodriguez guy who, uh, you know, will come in and get you 19 goals or the Pascal Dupuis guy that'll get you 17 goals. And you're wondering, you know, he's doing it for the third and fourth line. He's playing eight, nine, eight, nine minutes a game. And he's still putting it so because he has some talent to do that. And they're missing that um, in a way that it's, it's, it's really, it's difficult for them to those are other ways that they're losing games every now and then you got to count on that secondary scoring uh from a bottom six uh and it just has been desperately woefully missing uh and that might be something they tried to address i don't know what kind of trade capital and assets they've got uh to move and try to address that or if it's even worth trying to address it with this team you know, if the goal is to get back to the playoffs is one thing. This is the goal to get back to the playoffs and win a first round, um, you know, and move on before they maybe catch, you know, spark like the Florida Panthers did last year. You know, they're proving that this team, even though it might be better from a penalty killing perspective and, and there's some things to look at over the first 25 games that you like in that third and fourth line from a defensive perspective, mm-hmm. it just isn't producing on the offensive side. And you'd like to see at least one, maybe two of these guys get to that 10, 15 goal mark and help get them over the top. Joe, which veteran player on the Penguins right now is a plus 12? Let's see if you know this. Veteran player that's a plus 12. And it's going to it's gonna take you back. When I say the name, you're going to be like, wow. Go ahead, tell me, because I don't know. Eric Carlson is a plus 12. You know, we talked about that in the <laughs> beginning amazing. of the season. Yep. I told you, well, the guy – the guy's been scoring just fine. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing what they brought him in here to do. And I thought with the diminished ice time with a crystal letang backing him up, neither have been injured. They're both playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of that diminished ice time, I think you're seeing a guy that doesn't have to depend on doing everything for a team like he did in San Jose and before that Ottawa. You know, but you're mm-hmm. right. That is a surprise. It's a stat I was unaware of. Well played, and but <laughs> we talked about that at the beginning of the season how that might improve. And if you and if you extrapolate that out, because if 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 memory serves me, he doesn't he have nineteen points, nine six so, goals, six goals and thirteen assists in twenty five games. Not not bad numbers by no means. Not not so his numbers from last year, but yeah. It's, but if you're taking that nineteen and you're subtracting twelve from it, that's that means he's only been on the ice, you know, seven times in twenty five games where he's given up a goal even-handed mm-hmm. right you know uh five on five so that's that to me tells you about his level of play is not diminished and i know people are just complaining about everything because people love to complain about everything yeah. but like you said if you look a little bit more deeply into the stats you'll see that Eric carlson's having himself one heck of a year he's having a great i mean i actually think um <laughs> at the beginning of the year you, you mentioned a couple guys i thought raleigh smith at the beginning of the year started off really strong for us but he's disappeared 
definitely disappeared. He had, I think I'm going to say he had four goals in the first 10 games, and he just literally has disappeared. I think Carlson adds something to that power play. Um, but I, I just don't think that they're, they're gelling right with what they do after that. He, he does a lot of stuff at the top of the, uh, at the top of the blue line that, that Latang couldn't do. Um, but they're just not, that, that's just a, like I said, that's probably like the, that's the one question in this town right now. That's we got, we got to get an answer to it because like you said, there could be three, possibly four hall of famers on that power play line. And for you not to be able to score more than more than 10% is pretty, is pretty bad. Just by accident, you would think they yeah. would get 10%. I mean, that's abysmal. Yeah. And I realize it's still a short sample size, but 25 games is a, a third of the way through the season, and they've got to address that ASAP in yeah. order to – because they've left points on the ice, because not game points, points in the standings, because they, they, they haven't been able to score in a power play, and they have no secondary scoring. And those are things that I, I don't – I'm be curious to see how Dubas, you know, addresses them – through trades uh, and or other, you know, switching guys in and out, bringing guys up and down from Wilkes-Barre. I, I, I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And, and speaking of Kyle Dubas, um, and, and you're first and foremost, we're, we, we talk about the drafts. We love, we love, but we love, we do. We love the Penguins. We're, we've been Penguin fans our whole lives. How long do you want to see him go until he starts uh, changing the tune of this, this franchise and start building for, for the post apocalypse, you know, the post. How how long does he go before he says, "All right, I got to start getting some young talent in here to start build this this future"? Because once Crosby is gone and and uh, Latang and this franchise is just going to go right down the we can have nothing there. Do you, if if we if we don't make the playoffs this year in this off season, do they look to trade a Latang? I know, yeah, I know. I think they have no trade clauses and all that. But I mean, did they, did they, did they reach out to these guys and say, "Look, great run here, but we're, we got to, we got to, we got to try to, um, we got to try to save the ship because I know you're as smart as I am, and I know that you know that if once some guys are gone in two, three years, this this franchise really doesn't have much to back up on." Yeah, so there, there's a few things there. I mean, first of all, it depends. It could start as early as the trade deadline, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, you don't have to. You know, if he knows he's not making the playoffs, if the team is still at sixth place in the Metro, they're not making the playoffs come trade deadline. So those, you know, three weeks out, month out, he could start having conversations. I've seen crazy stuff. I mean, I don't know if you saw last week the internet thing that was going around where Edmonton was going to trade for Carlson and Jari. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, who who would you play if we traded Tristan Jari? You know, Carlson, at least you could say he got Latang and some other guys, but what do you get in return? And that is mailing it in. At that point, oh, okay. if, if there, you know, but, and I know that's an extreme rumor that just clickbait and all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, you know, if he gets close to the trading deadline a month out and he realizes the team just doesn't mathematically have a chance to make the playoffs, I think you'll see some moves this year uh, to not just move for the future, but also free up salary cap for next year. And don't forget – Next year's salary cap will get an appreciable bump, and they still have to re-sign Jake Gensel in the offseason. I think Gensel would love to finish his career with Crosby or vice versa and, and, and kind of do that kind of stuff. But however, you know, the you know, Dubas did a I mean, as much as you want to say about uh, the Carlson move in the summer, good, bad, or ugly, he dumped a lot of salary. And the Penguins, if they have a little bit more salary cap room, they made some of those strides this year that haven't paid off on the ice yet. 
but they've dumped a lot of dead weight and next year they can dump a lot more and even some at the trade deadline. And if they get some draft capital back, great. I just don't know. The teams that are trading draft capital are drafting later on in the draft because they're that's trying true. to win now. Yep. Yep. So, you know, getting a guy that will be 21 overall or 24 overall, you're not going to see him for three years anyway. Um, you know, so, it, you know, right now we'll see, but, you know, in this day and age of free agency, you're able to take, you know, some of these guys you've got right now, trade them away, and then come back in the summer and sign a bunch of guys that look a lot like them, you know, because you've got that salary cap space that you didn't have uh, prior to. And you might be able to pull some, you know, draft capital, put some guys away, sneak them somewhere. We'll see. I think that's when, that's as early as it's going to happen. I think realistically, you know, the Penguins have a shot of making the playoffs here. And I don't, think he came here to not make the playoffs so my sense is that this is not going to start until after the season after next I mean I, I th- this year and then next year and then after that you know all bets are off because at that point these guys are way at the end of their at their rope there's no one in the minors that are going to come up and pick up and they're just not going to be able to make the playoffs I, I know I know you follow the news as, as close as I do and you, you heard about the Sidney Crosby um closed door uh, meeting yeah. with the players only meeting and that's if i if i am assuming right this might be the first or second time i think it's the first time as a penguin i don't remember this ever happening before where he just slammed the doors and said let's go and and was, was, was real vocal so does that does that make you feel good or does that make you know that sid's been here long enough to say wow there's something really wrong with this squad right now that can make him do this because we've had We've had, like you said before, we've had them six, seven game losing streaks in the past. But uh, you know, we were we we didn't we didn't have these closed door meetings from Sid. Do you think that he's he's on to something that this maybe this team is lack of lack of you know maybe the people aren't playing as hard as they should or, or vice versa? But for Sid to call this, what do you what do you what do you gather from this? Well, first of all, I think it was necessary. You know, yeah. people will look at the standing and say they were eleven eleven in blank. What they're forgetting is the blanks are overtime losses, yep. you know, and so this team is well below 500, yep. you know, when you calculate those in, even though you might have picked up three, four or five points from those losses, it doesn't matter. They're still losses. And, yep. you know, this team lost in, 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 you know, in order to make the playoffs, they not, they can't go 500. They're going to have to go way above 500 to get there. And so he called it at the right time which is a rally cry, you know, and, and that's what you expect a captain to do. And not only is he, you know, a veteran on the ice, this guy's a veteran in the locker room, like you said, and the the team, the league looks up to him. He's been the face of the league for the last 15 years. He's led this dynastic run uh, for the last 15 years. And he doesn't want it to go out with a whimper like this. He doesn't want to go out missing the playoffs yet again, you know, and I think he also might feel the pressure of what we just talked about, you know, when does Dubas say, "I look, I got to guys, it's not working. I got to, I got to make moves." And this isn't Lemieux. This isn't a sentimental uh, group. This is Fenway. You know, yeah. they want to win, uh, and they didn't buy this team and to have it lose, right? And so they're, they're gonna, even if it takes a couple of years in a rebuild, they do not expect them. To, they don't have the same sentimentality that you're gonna have with a Lemieux group and some of the guys that, that, that have been there forever and, well, we can't do this, we can't do that, yeah. or we got to hire our friends back. No, 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 no. This is an entirely different corporate structure uh, for the Penguins. And so, you know, with the wholesale change there, that signals a change. The wholesale change that the general manager said, that signals a wholesale change. And it can only go down from there. One is, a, you know, behind the bench and the one is on the bench. And, you know, Mike Sullivan's in a situation where I think 
everybody in Pittsburgh wants to see Mike stay as coach, you know, but I also think that there are some things he's had hardline stances on in the past that with this team and its current, current talent level, he can't do, he might have to change. There might have to be more one, two, two play. There might have to be some left, you know, left wing lock play. I know he doesn't want to hear that. He wants to play in the, the offensive zone and F1, F2, F3 and get in there. And, you know, I get it, but this team isn't fast enough and it doesn't have the stamina enough. It's, it's just old. Like I said earlier, you can't fix old. And so I liken that to, you know, dear Mike Sullivan, don't be Rich Rodriguez. As a fan of the Michigan Wolverines and seeing him come in and say, I'm going to play my scheme in, in the Big Ten when he didn't have to. He had the talent, no, five no. and four star talent all over the place. Talent. He didn't have to play anything gimmicky. He could have played an NFL offense. He didn't. He tried shoehorning a quarterback in that couldn't play that position in the first couple of years were just junk. Sullivan's got to realize that he's lurching in that direction. And I don't think that, look, this guy could easily be considered uh, a Hall of Fame coach for what he's done. Uh, over the last decade for this team. He's, he might be, when all is said and done, the best coach in you know in Penguin history. And that's saying a lot. With a co- you Go back and count some names. I mean, this yeah. guy's he's, he's deserving to be in that conversation. I agree. You know, and I think that, that Sid realizes that. You know, and they don't need Mike and Reardon. They don't need those guys in the room for that. What he needs is got, players. Like, I'm Sidney Cross. Listen to me. I'm not going to let this team down, but you're letting it down. And this is what I want from everybody. Uh, and so we've all, you're a former athlete, I'm a former athlete. We've all been in those meetings where it's just not working. And some things are said in there that stay behind closed doors. And there's an honesty in that room and a forgiveness that happens. And you've got to put that stuff in the rear view. It's got to be way back there. Um, when the, when you come out, because you've got to, you're, you, what he's trying to do is galvanize the team in a rally cry. And for those that are fans of the movie, major league, that's what he's looking for in there. And they're in there peeling off parts of, of uh, you know, I don't know, Alexander Ovechkin's clothing or whatever they're going to do, you know, because the ownership group, uh, you know, whatever. But you, you, you get where I'm going with that. Yeah. You know, ultimately, that's, you know, that's the thing. They're going to try to find something to rally around, you know, and they're going to take it, oh, the, the usual one game at a time. Crap. No, this is a season long thing. It's a grind. We need everybody 100% from everyone. And this is what we need from you. Be a good teammate. Let's go get them. You made a lot of good points there, and and um, I, I think we're seeing the, the match. I mean, Sid's always been um, older than his age, but I think he's he's at that final stage in his career now, where he he knows. I mean, he knows he don't got many he don't got many go rounds now with you know to win this thing. And um, we all know hockey players are a unique brain, a new, unique breed of people that they they gotta they want the cup. I don't care where where they're playing for, who they're playing for, they want the cup. It's a it's what makes the hockey a great sport because these guys, um, this, this is what, it's all they want. They, they're not, they want the money. Don't get me wrong, but the money second, second nature compared to some of these other sports and the way they act. They want the, they want the trophy. Um, if you had a veteran on this team that you thought you might be able to get something for, I, I'm not even talking about like the Latangs and that. Is there, is there a guy that you would try to move right now? Maybe like a. I know we, we talked about – I think you talked about it even one of our last podcasts before he got hurt was uh, Raquel's name was getting mentioned as like a straight-up deal um, with, with other players. Is there is there any other guys on the team that you think could fetch something? Like I know Marcus Pedersen's playing really well um, as, a, as, a, as a third, fourth defenseman. He's playing playing real good. Uh, is he a guy that you would move if he could bring over, a, like we were talking about before, a grinding forward kind of guy that sits in front of the net and causes some havoc? 
So you mentioned the two names are the obvious ones. Raquel is somebody that can bring, he could fetch value because he's a, he's scoring. He might not, uh, you know, see how his injury thing goes. I mean, but it would be great to get him back in the line and get great to get him moving. Cause you don't want to move a piece like that. He is uh, skating. Pa- yeah. Pedersen's another guy who every trading deadline, his name comes up and they never move him. And in part, that's a testament to Marcus Pedersen because yeah. he's been playing his butt off the last two years have been the best of his career without a doubt. And I will, I will say this, the problem with moving him is who do you replace him with? You know, I mean, sure you can get value for him. There's a lot of teams out there that would want a guy that would be a nice three, four defenseman, but then you got to plug in a three, four defenseman on a team that's trying to make the playoffs. So even though you might want to do it or teams will be calling for him and may point to him and say, we want that guy, or is he available? What can we get for him? It just depends on, you know, he, they might move him to another team and get another three, four guy or five, six guy that's going to play three, four guy, you know, like and that kind of stuff where you're just trying to plug that into the end of the year and then address it in free agency, you know, but I, I think that's the hardest part about this where I can see the team losing Raquel and still being able to compete for, you know, a playoff spot. If they lose a Pedersen, I don't know who they replace. And here's a name that people are not going to want to hear. Uh, and it's Jake Gensel, yeah. right? Like Jake Gensel is a, He's got he's got a con he's in his contract year. He can walk at the end of the year. He's a fan favorite. Everybody loves him. No one he's got donuts and whatever whatever he's got named after him now. I mean, people love Jake and no one wants to see Jake. But you want to talk about you know, hey guys, I have a 40 goal scorer that I'll move to you that's still in the prime of his career going into his free free agent season. You you know, he might be a rental, but he's also a loyal guy. He might stick around, coach his son, rah, rah, rah. You know, and if you want to get real capital back, that's the piece you move. That's true. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think the only negative thing is, do you think you fetch as much knowing he's in his – a team might not give you the two or three prospects knowing that he could be a rental. That's the only, that's the only negative part. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at it in that in that sense. Is like you could trade him and then try to sign him in the offseason. Say, Jake, yeah. we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We want you back. Let me move you to a competitor. Go win that. a cup, and then we'll see that. you in July. Right? We've, seen <laughs> other, we've seen it in other sports. It happens all the time. Um, oh, sure. Joe, I want to thank you. First off, if you want to see me and Joe out in public, we're going to be at uh, Gorman's this uh, Wednesday at uh, the 13th, uh, 7 to 8. We're going to have Kevin Gorman on from the Trib. Um He's going to talk. We're going to talk mostly powers, but we're going to throw in the normal Steelers, Penguins, um, NIL, whatever he's about to talk about. Pitt. Um, have you noticed that tra- the transfer portal right now is unbelievable? We've got hundreds of players in the portal. Um, I think they said that by today's count, there were 3,000 players in the transfer portal. Dude, 3,000. There was four, uh, 149 punters in the portal. 149 punters. How does that work? How does that happen? How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. But pitch but a I was, call too. <laughs> when, I was doing, when I was doing the list today, I'm like, I'm probably going to get one or two punters. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to pick between all these. But, um, Joe, thank you. And at Eaton Park, thank you again. Um, Like I said, if you guys didn't make it to last year's draft party uh, at Stage AE, wherever it's going to be this year, if it's a Stage AE, wherever we're going to have it, come out and, and party with us. It was a – it was a party. We could that, say it. We we just signed up with Stage AE for this uh, oh, April twenty fifth. Man, we're good to go. Perfect. So come on. I'm telling you what. It was a party that I still have people telling me they have never seen anything like it in their life. And I I can honestly say I'm not exaggerating. It was it was it was a football it was a football fans dream. And I think it's only going to 
better, be, be a little bit of quirks we could work out. It'd be at a great time. I do have great. a special announcement to make too, JT. Um, right. You know, we're into the holiday season. And uh, if you go to the draft412.com website over the weekend, you'll see the ability to buy tickets early uh, for the event uh, at 20% discounts as our way of saying that we're, we're draft Santa 412 for the next uh, couple of weeks here. So between now and, and the end of the holiday season, you'll be able to get your tickets discounted. So, you know, oh, come one, come all. If you were there last year, you'd know exactly what JT's talking about. It was it was raucous. It was a rock concert meets a stand-up comedy show uh, with football in the background. And, and you just, it's hard to beat something like that. Put it this way, I've sung and I've sung it. I've been an elite singer. I've sung at shows. I've sung at uh, um, pretty decent sized shows. And I've, I've played baseball and I've, I've played sports in front of people. And I've been to Steeler games. I've been to Penguin games. And you mix everything that I've witnessed and all that together in this one event. And it was the most unbelievable. It was just great. Everybody had a good time. I mean, I didn't hear, I didn't hear any bad things from it. Joe, I'll see you at Gorman's. We're going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk pirates. So, Get your power free agency. They're starting to sign. They met in trade the other day, so they're starting to make some moves. Um, talk some baseball. T- come on, talk some football. Hey, there's some beer there. There's um, food next door at Portofino's. You can come over, order some food there. We have a good time there. So come on out there. Joe, thank you for, for your time. Let's get, let's get to the Steelers now. we got Steelers coming up uh, versus the Patriots. So let's see, right, falls, let's see who falls asleep first during this game. <laughs> All right, bud. Talk to have you a, soon. Have a good one.